0: Greetings, friends. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here with a brief introduction before today's awesome episode. You know the deal this month, 31 days, 31 pods. Uh, but before that, a little business. Everyone, if you can be so kind, this month especially, go to patreon.com slash Film Alchemist pod and help support the show here, the old Film Alchemist. Help us out. Help us, you know, with a can of beans here and there. We'd appreciate it. Uh, all the support, Not only helps us, but hopefully gives you some stuff that you'll enjoy, man. You get exclusive episodes every month, feature-length commentaries. You get to actually vote on what movies you want to be a part of the show. We also have a Tales from the Crypt miniseries and a couple other miniseries idea coming soon. We're always working very hard to try to make Patreon a really fun and worthwhile uh, business transaction, right? Since you help us out, we want to make sure it's worth your time and money. So we put a lot of work in over there especially around October time. It would mean the world if you can. Go over to patreon.com slash Pod and please help support the show. You can email the show, Pod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube if you want to see us and hear us. Some people do. I swear it does happen occasionally. Uh, over on Film Alchemist, the YouTube channel, subscribe there. Uh, you can find us on all the socials. We're easy to get a hold of. Two things we're asking this month. Something free that you can do to help the show out as we embark on this uh, massive endeavor. Make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews wherever you find podcasts. That's a free, easy thing that helps us out a ton, right? Help us defeat the algorithm and find all of the horror fans that want to do this journey with us. Not this year, or not only this year, but also hopefully uh, for years to come. We appreciate you guys that take the time to do that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, if you have horror horror people in your life, right? You have horror movie-loving fans, movie-loving fans, all that stuff. Send them a message, right? Send them a text, send them an email, send them a a DM, talk to them on a chat, whatever the hell you guys do to communicate. Let them know we're here. Let them know what we're doing. We'll take it from there. Much appreciated. All right. Really excited about today's episode. Uh, Fan favorite returning, Rosa Parra. Love, Rosa. It was great to have her back on the show. I always so love our chats with Rosa. She is really, truly just a delightful person to talk to. Really insightful in how she watches movies. This is a really fun one because we talked about scary stories to tell in the dark. If you're about my age, if you were a, a man who loved or a woman who loved or just a person who loved the Scholastic Book Fair, then you certainly remember Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, Kind of around the time Goosebumps came out, this was a book that had these haunting images and stories that really struck us to the core. Now, the funny thing, when Rosa chose this movie, I thought it was because she shared an affinity for the book. She found the movie first. I thought that was a really interesting place uh, place with which to start our conversation. So, a really interesting conversation with a really interesting friend of ours uh, about Just the stories we tell, man. Just like the movie says. I don't think this movie got as much love as I think it should have. I think this is a really fun ride. More than anything, one of my favorite things about October is having our friends come back and talk to us again. And I always feel very blessed when I get to sit down and have a conversation with Rosa. I feel like it helps me watch movies better in a weird way. Um, We'll have a link down below to places where you can find Rosa on social media. So that you can find uh, all of her work that she's doing. She does great work. You're going to want more Rosa in your life. We promise you, every one of our friends who comes in, you're going to want to be their friends, guys. So make sure you check out Rosa after the show. Without any further ado, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark with Rosa Parra. Everyone, welcome back to the show fan favorite returning fan favorite Rosa para. uh, thank you so much for making the time and uh coming back to join us for this October mega marathon.
1: Thank you so much for having me fan favorite are you like that only one fan?
0: No no, no, I'm telling <laughs> you, I told you this off air. I'll say it again, so it's on wax. uh, your episode, Tigers are Not Afraid, is always one we get comments. It's always yeah. one of the fan favorites. It's that and The Empty Man are the two fan favorite episodes we always get messages about.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when, when you were telling me. And you know what? It makes me happy. It makes me happy. It, should, it, I it, mean, it, it, it just fills me with joy to know that people are being, um, at least, if it's not introduced to the movie, at least getting our thoughts and perspectives on the film.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. That is one of the. Cause I remember at one point we were all crying like that. We were yeah. really locked in that episode. That movie's yeah. very special, and it brought the best out of us. I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we were very excited when you uh you said you were willing to come back and talk with us. Uh, no promises that I won't cry again. Um, but. Would you like to uh, let everyone know, do a brief intro to yourself, uh, where they can find what you're working on online, and if you would like to introduce the movie uh, you chose this year, we'll Mm -hmm. start with that.
1: Yes, so I am um, Rosa Parra, as you just mentioned. I'm a freelance film critic.
0: I was going to try to do it, but I can't roll the R's like that. (laughs) My five years of Spanish, I never got that down.
1: (laughs) You know what? I, I, in a way, I was forced to do it and learn how to do it because That's of my right. last name. Yeah, yep. so I had no choice. <laughs> so don't feel bad.
0: <laughs> I'll get it by no next Mega Marathon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Rosa Parra. I'm a freelance um, film critic. I right now primarily write for the Daily Chela. Um, I also do some work for Idol in their own league. And yeah, no, I was very happy that you guys invited me back and I was like, ooh, what movie can I pick now and and, and let's see what we can talk about. And yeah, I ended up uh, selecting 2019 Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, uh, a movie that I was delighted uh, to discover. It was a, a very odd way that I discovered it. Um, I was not forced, but uh heavily influenced <laughs> 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 to to watch the movie by my oldest daughter apparently she had read the book and was interested to watch the movie uh when it was released in theaters so i took her watched it with her and i ended up enjoying myself as uh, a lot more than i had um initially anticipated so yes it's 2019 story uh scary stories to tell in the dark and i mean the 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 quick premise is that it follows three friends um which is stella um Augie, and chuck who are it obviously happens on halloween night so they go out trick-or-treating they try to prank uh the community's i want to say bully i guess yeah and... a small bully but
0: still a bully none the same yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I'll yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the joke that's quite I don't know. Am I, say to, am I able to say this quite shitty? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> That's the best way to describe That's it. Absolutely. That's the best way to describe it. <laughs>
1: yes. And eventually these three friends, obviously uh, prank goes wrong and they get chased out and they end up in a little haunted house uh, yes. where all these events unfold. And from there we see um, all these events um, happen and yeah it, it was a movie that I was truly surprised to see how much I enjoyed it particularly because I'm not that big uh, at least I can say that I don't willingly seek out horror um, mm-hmm. movies so for me to go out there and and watch this movie and see how it unfolded and everything I was delightfully surprised by it
0: Yeah, so this was one I was really excited for because when I was a kid, Goosebumps hit, right? When I was in
1: second or third
0: grade was when it started to hit our school library. And it was so popular, you had to put your name on a list. You just said, I want the next available Goosebump, whatever one it was. You couldn't even request the book. So I got, I think it's The Next Door Neighbor's a Ghost. It's the one where the kid's looking in a mirror and he's turning into a ghost as he's looking. Hmm. The Ghost Next Door, maybe. And that's the one I got. I ended up the first four Goosebumps books I got and read. It was that one three times because that's just the order it kept coming to me. Uh, They were so popular. I couldn't wait to get any Goosebumps book. In the midst of that, during the Scholastic Book Fair, right? I know we all remember the book fairs when we were kids. Oh, yeah. I was looking through and I was like, I need Goosebumps. And I couldn't find them. And there was this book with this fucking cover art. It was like a clown's head with a pipe, and it was like a haunted farmhouse. And it was so immediately appealing. Um, And I was a kid who was always fascinated by horror films, right? My dad showed me horror movies when I was really young. I -hmm. fell in love with the Universal Monster movies. And so I just always loved anything horror I could get my hands on. And when I saw Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark... And you open that book and start flipping through the pages. Uh, I believe it was Alvin Schwartz wrote it. Right. Um, And I I think he illustrated it too, if I remember right. Anywho, if I'm getting that wrong, I will correct myself. Um, But you just start flipping through these books. And I didn't even give a fuck what the stories were at that point. Like I saw these images, right? It was like that and where the sidewalk ends were like the two books of that era. There were just these amazing mix of images and story. And I was I was hooked. I think they have three of them. They ended up making three, but I I was in love with them. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, my God, I immediately recognized the images from the book and was so excited for this. So I'm interested that you coming to it, not having read the books first. What about it really jumped off the screen to you and was so appealing?
1: Yeah, well for me it was trying to make myself a hero and take my daughter to the movie theater. (laughs) And and her watch it. But you know what? I saw the trailer and I was intrigued by it. I was intrigued by a lot of the creature's designs. Um I obviously I was scared uh because again, I I am a scary cat when it comes to a lot of these movies. So hey, I had to swallow all my fear and ended up just going to the movie theater to seek it out. And you know what? I I was genuinely delightfully surprised by uh, a lot of aspects of it. You have so many um, things. I, I think the best way that I can describe the movie is perhaps the perfect way to introduce a new person into the horror genre yeah. um because it has a little bit of everything yeah you have the supernatural yes you have the the cadavers the haunted house uh haunted house and you have the cornfields with the with the scarecrow oh, you've got yeah, damn everything scarecrow. Yeah, growing
0: up in Indiana, we were always surrounded by cornfields everywhere. So that one, uh, especially nightmarish to me.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. I I still, we just shot
0: a short horror film uh, about a month ago. Uh And it was night and we were just kind of like driving up and down country roads. Uh And so the truck would leave with the the light and I'd be left by myself standing at the edge of a cornfield. And I was like, even at this age, I was like, I'm still fucking scared to just be near a cornfield at dark. And this book is pretty much exactly why. (laughs) Oh, man. I love
1: it. Oh, man. Yeah,
0: it's so weird because I'm guessing the creatures must have such a bizarre look. Yeah. If you're not familiar with where they came from, I was impressed how well they translated it to screen.
1: I was about to ask you that. Like in the red
0: room where the the big ladies are coming, right? That do the hug. Pale
1: lady, yes. I,
0: I would imagine the pale lady looks so bizarre compared to the the movie's kind of this period piece it looks very normal and then you see the pale lady that has to look so strange if you're not a reader of the book but i i mean i thought they just crushed it on this front like it's so arresting and terrifying and it took me back to being a child um because i think that's one of the things that this movie does exceptionally well right uh director i hope i'm pronouncing this right Andre Ovidal, right? It's one of those letters with a line through it. One of those yeah. European letters where I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that line's doing. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I did not just butcher that. But he's made some, uh, he's directed some movies I love, right? The Autopsy of Jane Doe. I even liked The Last Voyage of the Demeter that just came out, Troll Hunter. Um, so really mm-hmm. great director. And I think what you see is a lot of these movies, like, not to be mean, uh, my kids just wanted to watch the Spirit Halloween movie, right? And there's a lot of these, like, it's kind of a horror movie you can watch with your kids. Okay. Not a great kids movie. Not a great horror movie. It's like you're kind of missing on all of the audiences you're trying to capture. I think this one, to your point, is such a good introduction because it it has these instantly relatable horror kind of themes and tropes. Mm -hmm. But the things I think it does really well, right, the characters are so empathetic and so engaging right yeah. there's this extra layer of heart and empathy that i think helps you bond to them mm-hmm. and then these monsters are so unique compared to other monsters you see that mm-hmm. i think it really is scary so you're kind of getting yeah. the best balance of this intro to horror uh, uh vibe so i think okay. i think you're really on to something with that
1: yeah 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 um i agree that you agree with me <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> i'm glad that i'm smart enough to agree with you yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow! How how egotistical of me! Um, no, you know what? I think that I had watched it when it first came out in the movie theater, 2019, and then I remember this is uh, if I'm being completely honest with you, this is one of the very few, and when I mean few, I mean like I can count them with one hand. One of the very few horror movies that I can rewatch. Um, and it, it does have the rewatchability factor, but I think now that i had the opportunity to rewatch it to talk about it with you something in addition to the horror to the creatures to um to 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 the whole halloween theme of it was that something that really caught my attention and that i paid more attention to it this time around was the importance of storytelling and how Uh, that definitely defines us how it shapes our views of people of historical events of historical people of our own family of our heritage and how a lot of times (laughs) uh, all these history books are for the most part written by the victors are written by Mm -hmm. powerful people who do have that influence to dictate and, and give their side of the story. And and that was something that really stuck with me. Uh, because yes, we, we do have all these horror tropes, but it it, it all revolves around a, um, a, a, a person oh, I forgot her name. Um, Sarah Bellows. Sarah, yeah, Bellows. There we go. I didn't Who... remember. I
0: have it written down in front of me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you I know, also Sarah can't remember
0: Bellows. anyone's name ever. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it it revolves around her and it's based on her diary and how she was being remembered this entire time based on what her family had written, based on what the newspapers was putting out Mm -hmm. there. And now she has the opportunity um, via Stella to tell her side of the story, which is something that uh, I I don't know if it's me being more mature and growing up and and paying attention maybe to those little details in the movie. Mm But it was something that really stuck with me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Very cliche. I understand, but
0: still. <laughs> I honestly, I don't think it's that cliche though, because I think what it does that's so powerful, right? Is because the movie starts with this this kind of quote, right? Stella's yeah. telling us the theme of the movie, right? Is that stories can heal, yeah. or stories can hurt, and if we repeat them enough, they become real. And I think the movie. Doesn't get enough credit. I know a lot of people that I know that saw it. They're just kind of like, ah, generic IP grab, blah 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 blah. I don't think we're giving the movie enough. I mean, granted, the performances are great. I love the the actors in this, right? But I think where you get this extra attachment to the movie, right, is when you think of that, right. That if we repeat stories long enough, they become real. Mm -hmm. And how they layer that in, right? So for a young audience, they're on the journey of Sarah Bellows is a monster. She's a monster. She's a monster. And then uh, even a young audience can understand that she is this kind of abused and tragic figure, right? Who is given rage because of how she's treated. They're not going to give a shit about paper mill runoff and politics and this and that. That's more for us. But they can understand, oh, adults, bad, scary, locked her in a basement, right? Made her mad. So she's punishing them with monsters, right? They get that. But then for us as adults right we see all these other stories that are positively reinforcing or negatively right uh Mm -hmm. the cop who's just fucking harassing the the young brown kid right we see the the dad who has trouble embracing his daughter because she looks like the mom uh we see the way the kids are all stereotyped and reinforced um and we understand that sarah thing right that the family has sacrificed her to the wheels of capitalism So to me, I think there's a lot of that. It works so perfectly for the young, but if you're our age, right. And we're sending kids out into the world. And so we're trying to grapple with the stories that we were told and how that affects them now. Mm
1: -hmm. I think
0: the script's actually working on a lot of levels very effectively.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree because in, in that sense, um, It was just something that just stayed with me. In addition to Mm -hmm. some of the creature designs that, you know what, I think that, (laughs) I remember watching the movie in the theaters and then walking out and immediately going onto my phone and checking out uh, what was the rating? What were people saying about this movie? Because I don't think I was hearing a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And then when I read that um, Guillermo del Toro (laughs) was involved in this, it made a lot of sense <laughs> it
0: makes perfect sense that he loved these stories and helped bring yes. this to life
1: yeah it really does it, it makes a lot of sense and i guess my little inner mexican-american heart was also pleasantly surprised to see a mexican-american co-lead um in a way and see how his story was being depicted and how the especially movie in a movie and
0: set and win like the 70s the
1: 60s yeah, 60? yeah 60s yeah whenever
0: vietnam was yeah yeah
1: Yeah, late 60s and not shying away from the prejudices and everything Mm -hmm. that, yeah, the community faced. So that was very interesting um, to see. And yeah, man, I I, I was, yeah, that pale lady, I can't get her image out of my head. It's just like, man, it's just. It, it, it's just in my retinas. I it's just yeah. like there. <laughs>
0: cause if you had to rank them to me, cause that's the other thing, oh, right? That's, the, okay. The societal story structures I think are really yeah. good. And we can dive into that more too, yeah. but if you're kind of ranking them, right? Of like the ones you'll never forget. For me, the scarecrows just so
1: hmm.
0: such a perfectly horrifying image. Right. Yeah. Cause if you grow up around like farms and shit, they're all kind of scary anyways. But there is just this – it's just like an an effigy of a person, like, hanging from a stick, not moving. Like, I don't know if it's because I grew up religious or what. Like, there's so many things that it just kind of, like, triggers all of these fears in me, the Scarecrow. (laughs) In this one, they just – they captured it so well. And when you see it wearing the Letterman's jacket, I think it's awesome in this. Not that you feel bad that bully's gone at all. Yeah. Um, But I think that one's really good, right? And then I think the second one in the movie is the Pale Lady – But I think number three, the one that we kind of, I think I kind of forget because it's not as uh, immediately recognizable. The spiders in the cheek is fucking terrifying. Like that scene is so fucking scary.
1: It is. It is. And I think for any girl who's ever had either a pimple or something on her face. Yes, it's scary two times. It makes it Yes. (laughs)
0: Because you're like, they're going to judge the shit out of me while I'm trying to perform. Yes. Or my face is a nest of bugs. (laughs) like when she loses her mind i was like that's the most relatable moment in the story
1: i agree i yeah. <laughs> agree um and you know what to me i think all the monsters definitely has stuck with me and after the rewatch the last monster the one that goes to i guess is the story with with ramon um it just right. the way he i dude as a scientist I have a very <laughs> difficult time grasping the reality that a human body can bend and move and do everything that this person was doing with that creature. I'm still mind blown by that. It's ridiculous. Maybe that's why it's
0: effective for you though. Cause it's an exact yes. affront to the laws of nature and science. Yes. <laughs> like just the pushing its head through the bar, like just the fact that it introduces itself by dropping its own head. Yeah. And its various pieces down the, mm-hmm. the chimney, right? Like it's an yeah. immediate it's violation practical. of every law of nature. So that yeah. that inherently becomes something terrifying. Because mm-hmm. you're watching and you're like, that's not that's not how that works. And it's just saying, fuck you. I'm here. Right? <laughs> There's something really off about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And just to uh, yeah, I, I just get all these body aches and. All these- but, yeah. Oh, okay yeah I'll get yeah. the pbgb's it's so just, just it's yeah. <laughs> interesting
0: too to pair it with each kid like why right. is that monster ramon's fear right and then mm-hmm. you're like oh because he's about to get shipped off to war against his his will he's worried about becoming part of this mass of bodies or being blown yes. apart oh, right uh why is augie eating the toe right because he's kind of a prim and proper taking care of everything mm-hmm. uh why is chuck with the fat lady right maybe it's intimacy Maybe he has not been kind to someone with body issues and now he's being absorbed into that. Uh, He can't run from it. He has to face it. Who knows? Like, I think it's kind of, you know, obviously the vanity and, um, you -hmm. know, the sister. So I think it's kind of beautiful how they pick the stories and pair them with each character's journey. Uh, I thought that was done really well. I did. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. I know. I just, even the
0: the motif of the, it's a book or story that writes itself in blood as they're watching and it writes a name. So they kind of know who's next, but they can't really do anything to stop
1: it. Yeah.
0: I think the horror of this movie is uh, because a lot of what I read is that people weren't digging it on that. I think they couldn't get past the, the look of the creatures as this kind of, you know, we're just trying to cash in on something we all liked when we're young.
1: Mm -hmm. i think
0: the storytelling is superb in this movie honestly
1: oh no i agree definitely agree with that statement because yeah the fact that that yeah you can't do nothing about it i think that's what's more horrific of being completely feeling useless or feeling Mm -hmm. that okay i i can't control this and it's gonna particularly if it's going to harm or I don't want to say kill, but potentially kill somebody you yeah, love. Yeah, we don't Whether really know what happens to them. Yeah, yeah. We, and, they think
0: that they're still out there, but they might not mm-hmm. be. They might just be dead.
1: Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, and eventually that that little uh, confrontation or back and forth between Stella and Sarah at the end, also another pairing. But it, it, it's that that one was man. That was something. Uh, just to see her, well, Sarah or her ghost or her, her spirit, and just that. That was also haunting to me. Just just to see her demeanor. She's very. You can see she's broken. You can see. Yeah. Everything we've been hearing about her, whether the audio tapes or anything we've been hearing the kids read about oh, her in books. They're just books shocking the and,
0: hell out of her. Yeah, God.
1: And all of that is perfectly resembled just in those few seconds that we see her. Her mm-hmm. face says so much. And just that last scream that she gives is just agonizing and at the same time relieving, which is ugh. So yeah,
0: well it's a beautiful sentiment that she just kind of turns to because there's this really kind of stone cold moment of truth where Stella is like mm-hmm. what they did to you is horrible yes. they're monsters but now you've allowed that to become to make you a monster as well and it's this moment where you see Sarah just be like well that's fucking ridiculous and unfair um it's kind of victim blaming right it's like I was Made to be tortured and treated bad, and you made me the boogeyman that then helped empower this mythology and magic to continue. There's kind of this, she's just like, fuck, man, like that's not fair. Like, I was broken. You know, it's we don't watch The Ring and ask Samara to, hey, can you chill out on the VHS? You know what I mean? In this movie, the monster air quotes Mm -hmm. actually has to take a minute and say, I will willingly relinquish this curse. The only thing that's keeping me here. And it is kind of this odd moment, uh, this kind of poignant moment where when Sarah bellows, no pun intended, yeah. um, it is, it's just like a hundred years of just agony and pain and misery. And it's this, yeah. this kind of, I'll never be fulfilled. Like this whole curse and mission and everything. Like no one gets justice. No one's happy. Mm -hmm. um even when stella writes the story she's like no one believes me and it's like god damn (laughs) i really feel bad for sarah when this movie ends
1: yeah even though she may
0: have killed like 10 kids in the movie
1: (laughs) but yeah and but i think it does speak to yeah the way the film opens you know if a story is told once and time and time again It becomes a reality, and all this Mm -hmm. time, we were told that Sarah was a monster, and she became one. Mm -hmm. I think she might have believed it herself at one point. So, yeah, that, that was very, very haunting, just to witness, but also... I I think they do such an excellent job a a lot of times I do have some issues when it comes to um having these scenes in the dark right because this Mm -hmm. is where where all of this is happening and also like right at the I'm assuming the first act of the film where they go into the into the haunted house but it is in the dark but it's very quite visible it's well lit enough the moon is very
0: bright those nights yeah yes
1: yes <laughs> well enough for you to see what's going on and and yeah. and, and, and and see what what's happening so it's kind of a
0: scourge in the digital whore era yeah like when whores started going very digital it's just the lighting gets brought down to a point where it's just hard to take in and this movie especially it's so beautiful in its production design yeah it's costuming it's you it would be a shame had they not allowed us to be a part of that right just for some kind of aesthetic choice um so i'm with you i'm glad that that they did not do that
1: yeah yeah and yeah it helps it helps with um the impact and it helps um with with the storytelling even if we're talking about the red room too uh Mm -hmm. something that's not supposed to work or be too bright it still works it's still haunting to see that lady i mean just every time he turns
0: and she's just shuffling (laughs) and smiling and it is funny because he's kind of the smart ass of the film right yeah and there is something about this featureless smiling face right It's as if someone that he has been unkind to has to keep just smiling and taking steps, right? Like, all right, you're going to be mean to me because you feel bullied and you're passing it on. I'll just keep taking Mm -hmm. it and then be sad later. And just watching that kind of slow, completely visible, bright red. In the lights, just that slow march. And it's, it is a Testament to the images that were created back then that Mm. although bizarre, like when you read the book, it, makes perfect sense in the world of the book right mm. like there was a bunch of these when i was a kid there was that one and shell silverstein i think was the one who did where the sidewalk ends where mm. it's this very absurdist art but in the the context between those two covers it, it makes sense in that world mm. and it's so amazing how they translated it and made it bright and it still yeah. works right like that yeah. and that that just is is expert directing i think right that you can show something completely bright. And it's still like, I I think of when Augie gets captured, right. And he's running Mm. and hiding under a bed. That's that room is fully lit. That's just the lights on. And you know, that the thing is going to be on the bed or under the bed, you know, it's coming. Yeah. And it's this, you cannot get out of the way. Right. It's the train is two miles away. You should just jump off the tracks, but you can't. Right. And I, I think the, the way that he captured the power of those images and used the light to really shine on them instead of trying to obscure them. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think it's masterful. Honestly, It
1: works. Yeah. The camera work definitely works. The editing. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. those quick shots of going from one hallway to the other and just go back. And it's just, yeah. Yeah, It 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 reminds me of when the
0: conjuring's at its best, right? The conjuring often Mm. gets in its own way. Because mm-hmm. every scare in every movie in the Conjuring universe is the same game. Uh, right? Here's okay. the thing. We know that, or they know that we know they're trying to get us with a jump scare. It's always a jump scare with the very loud sound. Yeah, But when it's at its best, even though we know we can't help but be pulled in and engaged and still scared at the end.
1: Yeah. And this
0: movie does that to a lesser extent. It's not as jump scare reliant as some of those movies um but there's just a real kind of bravado in how they they show us right up front you know exactly what the game is you know that that thing's coming for its toe and augie's hiding under the bed and we know he's not getting out of there you know and we know and you're still gonna love the ride we're taking you on and yeah. some movies make that work and it's a thrilling uh experience and some movies do that and it doesn't work and it falls flat um I just think this movie just makes great choices constantly, and I feel like they all pay off. Yeah. There wasn't really a lot of moments watching the film where I, I felt unsatisfied for where it was getting, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And I have to give credit also to, to. I mean, I personally love the song Season of the Witch, uh, yeah. but that's more of a me thing. But that little Great song, Needle drop. lullaby- That cerebellos like, just listens to. That just makes it more haunting. (laughs) It's just like, oh, it just gives you the chills.
0: Yeah, I I mean, it's just all, because it is, it's this great kind of Halloween time movie. And it's just all these great choices that are serving. Because I thought it was bizarre that it was set in a period piece, right? This feels like something they would bring and make digital now. Mm -hmm. That these stories have gone viral whatever um and i was like what a weird extra hurdle to add to yourself that it has to be a period piece but even that ends up kind of serving it well it it makes the the idea of this book that's writing itself seem less antiquated yeah it lets us lock in so i just it felt like it's a really hard ip to adapt which is just a collection of short scary stories for kids Mm -hmm. Um, and it feels like they really were very thoughtful in how to, to bring that to the world, knowing that the kids that read that are now Mm middle-aged, right? It feels like they really laid out a really good and intelligent roadmap to get us there. Yeah. Right. I read that book when I was in second grade and I am not a young man anymore. (laughs) And so I'm the, I'm the audience for that movie. Yeah, Yeah. Right. And so I think they just did a really good job. Like those of us that grew up with that book, we had an analog non-digital childhood.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So setting it in a period piece lets us go back to when we read that book. Right. And so, I mean, I wasn't that fucking old. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't. I was not that fucking old. Uh, Like (laughs) the time period of this movie, I wasn't draft dodging. Uh, (laughs) But I didn't have a cell phone. Right. So. I just think they made a lot of good choices. I do want to talk specifically uh about the casting. I think the cast mm-hmm. of this movie deserves a lot more credit than they got. I know um especially I'm trying to remember names. I've got the thing. Uh Austin Zajour. Zajour, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he took a lot of shit as the funny kid in this movie. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, I think he's uh. dating Kevin Smith's daughter. So I think a lot of people were extra mean that maybe he didn't he wasn't as funny as they wanted him i thought he was really good um i thought zoe coletti is our as our lead stella such a powerful performance um that really becomes the reality that lets us accept some of the more extreme elements i thought she was great obviously dean norris uh michael garza was great gabriel Mm -hmm. rush uh just awesome performances what did you what were you thinking as you were watching the movie and experiencing these performances? How are they how are they reaching you?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Their performances were definitely um stellar. Hey. hey! <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Um but you know what? No, I think so Zoe Coletti Astella was definitely one that if if you don't care about her journey, if you don't care or at least if she doesn't Make you believe um, of 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 everything she's experiencing. Then the film doesn't necessarily work. And and yeah. as an actress, I think she does display a an array of um of a complexity of the character. You see her; she's a writer and she's very much interested in writing. But you also see the 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 challenges and and her internal struggle with um with her dad and also not having her mom around and then when you do have a scene where she is reminded again of her no longer having her mother and you get this emotional side of her and instantly goes into hey let's celebrate Halloween you want to go to a haunted house and it's those moments where you can see her vulnerability but also instantly, just like okay, I'm a teenager. Let's do this. Let's go to a haunted right. house and let's celebrate the night. I'm not gonna let my past or anything um, ruin this day. And and it's those fluctuations of of, of acting performances from her primarily that mm-hmm. sold it for me. <laughs> that made me care yeah. about her. And that third act, man, when she, that she's being dragged down to the thing and just her
0: just having to hide is like people yes. are trying to catch her and she's oh. She's so brilliant. She's good. Because really, it's her and uh, Michael Garza have real characters, right? Almost every other character in the film is kind of one note.
1: Um, I would
0: argue they all play that note exceptionally well. But these two uh, are really, they have a lot to play with, right? So a Mm -hmm. lot of their choices, by the time we get to the end of the movie, have this extra weight to them because of what we learn um and it's so cathartic to see them find each other right Mm -hmm. and she was a girl who was writing scary stories to explain her past but now she has something in her future to write to right i like the idea of her writing him letters every day Mm -hmm. i still think it sucks that he had to go to the military at the end of it uh that made me depressed i'm hoping the movie is telling us that he'll make it back fine um, for the sequel, because she says that maybe they're still out there. Um, I don't know if this movie did well enough to get a sequel. I would love it if it did. Um, I do want to really hint at this, though. I think one of the decisions that she makes as an actress that's so powerful, and I really latched on to, right? Um, this character felt very close to home, right? I was also a kid whose parent left very young, hmm. right? My dad abandoned us when we were very young. And there is something that she captures so well, right? Because she has this, she's sad, but she's fierce. Yeah. And I think I also write stuff. So there's something I latch on. I'm not fierce like her at all. Like if I saw ghost shit happening, I'd be like, bye friends. I'll make new ones. And I'd be moving to the next city. <laughs> I don't know if you're braver than me and you'd fucking stand up. I'd be like, there's teenagers everywhere. I'm out of this town. Um, But what I what I captured from her is this. She so wants control of her narrative because when you have a parent that willingly just walks out on you, it's hard to ever imagine yourself as a main character, right? Because you're – how can I be the main character of a story if my own parent wasn't interested enough to stay around? Oh, wow. And I think you see her kind of often – you know, she's bullied and she's the weird girl. She Mm -hmm. imagines – she's not the final girl of this fucking story. She's – another weirdo right who's waiting to find the final girl and as you watch her say oh i this is my story Mm -hmm. um and the the person who's chasing us sarah she was like me and it was her story too and she never got a chance to be the main character and watching her come full circle and embrace that um have that moment with her dad where she's like i'm still his main character um Mm -hmm. right i am to him I thought that was so fucking beautiful, right? And to me, Mm -hmm. it's one of those great things that really good movies do where even if it's only talking to some of us, right? It's a if Mm -hmm. you know, you know, moment. Um, And I think that's just credit to her. Her performance uh, really got me on like an extra deep level. Um, She just made the right choices, right? You could tell how locked in she was to the character. Yeah. Um, And I thought, again, that this motif of the stories we tell healing or hurting and watching them decide when to go one way or the other, I just don't think the movie got enough credit for the craft that it's it's illustrating to me.
1: It's so beautiful. Um, I was yeah. not expecting to cry in this episode. There <laughs> oh, no. you are.
0: There's something about you coming on this show that we, we go to those emotional places.
1: <laughs> I am the official tear duct activator.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> you just find those movies. You just must of know. Course. You have a sixth sense course. about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. All mothers, we all do. Yes, that's um, right. Wow. That, I actually never thought about it that way. Uh, but again, it's perhaps like you just said because it does speak to you on a different level obviously you're going to pay more attention to that or it's going to hit you differently than it did me so right Oh, that's very pitiful. oh
0: yeah and i think that's what i just i i love that this movie is always cuz it has such personal personal kind of offshoots that you can go down if you want
1: mm-hmm.
0: right but also you can just watch this as a young kids kind of horror movie And I think that's what separates it from a lot of that. Like, if you watch the Goosebumps movie, that's a child's movie with the child's point of view. And there's not really much to sink your teeth into. It's fun. You see characters that you recognize from your childhood and that can be fun. I enjoyed watching it in the theater with my kids and laughing at Jack Black and all of that was great.
1: Yeah, same.
0: It's unfair to lump what this movie's doing in with that film. Yeah. This is real storytelling to me.
1: Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, I definitely agree. And I did watch Echo's films in the movie theater as well. Yeah. And yeah, this this one definitely speaks to all ages. And I think that's what makes it more more impactful and more brilliant, um in, in that sense. And um oh yes, I'm like, I knew I had another thought. Um I I also thought this movie was funny uh there were yeah. a few moments that were very very <laughs> hilarious where i just found myself laughing because i was watching it and hearing this while i was at work and i just mm. was cracking up and we're like hey why are you laughing at well nothing i'm listening to a podcast." um and it was like for instance when when the in the beginning when they are getting dressed up for halloween and um chuck is supposed to be spider-man but yeah. the mom makes him a, <laughs> just <of> a spider <laughs>
0: It's a it's very like, mom, relatable moment. Yeah, because our moms used to make us Halloween costumes. Now my you go to the store. Too. And yeah, yes. my kid's like, I want to be Spider-Man. And you're like, which of these pre-made amazing Spider-Men with muscles do you want to be for like 20 bucks? No, my mom would like, it's like, you're a hobo this year, right? And she's yeah. like figuring out, she's like using a lighter on the bottom of the plate to give us five o'clock shadows. like really mm-hmm. inventive stuff that my mom's like, this is what I can pull together, deal with it. Yeah. Uh, I fucking love that moment, too. I thought that yeah. was really good. <laughs> I like the flaming bag of shit in the car. That was great. Oh, yeah. That's a classic of the trick-or-treat genre. Uh, love that. I just... I Again, it's, it's kind of all the stuff. If you want to explain to someone why horror movies are so great, like, why the fuck do Alex and I take a month and do 31 podcasts in a row? <laughs> and it's like, because this is why, man. Horror movies are... They let us... Face our deep monsters, right in a fun yeah. way, yeah um they also are the genre that has a lot of built in kind of comedic opportunities they're timing genres, right? right It can be thrilling. you can have these moments to like hey I don't know would I do- dodge the draft too? yeah, probably yeah. um you know there's all of these ti- I mean I think it's just it's such a fun genre it's a thrilling blend of all of these kind of the things that we most love in storytelling, and yeah. then you put the pale woman under that red light and you're like "Ooh, i'll never forget that so it works on that level too right it's the candy the visual candy and yeah. the kind of deep metaphors and having to confront your own soul and your own demons and
1: mm-hmm. i think
0: this movie i'm not trying to oversell it i'm not sitting here saying this is going to be like an absolute classic film for most people or that <laughs> it should have won all of the academy awards or this and that but i do think people looked at it and and kind of gave it a very reductive overview, cursory viewing. Right. And I think that having seen it a couple times now, (laughs) I seem to just find new details that I've overlooked every time that deepen my connection to the film. Um, And again, maybe I'm just an absolute right audience for this movie. But again, this is not goosebumps, right? This is not one of these just IP grabs. It's a very well thought out movie. Um, it's not a movie that just cheaply is tossing monsters on the screen. I would say Sarah Bellows is not a cheapened monster, no. right? She's a really intricately thought out character. Mm-hmm. Now, is the Scarecrow a cheap monster? Sure. Yeah. But even that monster, right, is explaining something about the character it's haunting. Mm-hmm. So it's while it's doing the IP thing, I think it's doing it on multiple levels that that may, Like, is this as successful an IP adaptation as Barbie? No. But it's really fucking good, man. Yeah. Um, I think it really finds its own legs and path and becomes this this very intricate layered story. And at the end, when you're thinking about Ramon and Stella's path forward, I would have been more than happy to do this with them again. To ro- do yeah. this ride with these actors again and see what kind of horrors they have in store for us. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed by this movie
1: yeah i i I am too um i'm still impressed by it and just like (laughs) you i find new details um every time i see it and again this is coming from someone who doesn't actively seek out i kid you not i had to take a horror genre film class to watch (laughs) a lot of these horror movies to literally force me to do it otherwise i would fail uh, the class it took me thirty six years to watch the Exorcist yeah. and <laughs> I just watched it earlier this year uh nice. that movie as a I grew up Catholic, so that was definitely a big part of why I didn't want to see it back when yeah. I was younger um but having seen that's it one now. of those
0: horror movies it's like this is dangerous based yeah. on how you grew up so I grew up really religious yeah. too, yeah. so that was one of those like re- i think that's why I like exorcism movies. Because I grew up in a household where my parents were like, yeah, that shit's real. Yeah. And you're like, well, fuck, I don't know. Right? <laughs> like, when I watch Jason or Michael, I don't think those are real. Yeah. But, like, The Exorcist yeah. to me, it's like, yeah, that could happen if I'm bad and do naughty stuff and don't listen to my
1: parents. Exactly. <laughs> so that makes it That's so much That's exactly easier. what I was told. Exactly yeah. what I was told. If you don't behave if you don't do this, you don't yeah. listen to your parents, you didn't do yeah. good in school, this is what's going to happen. Oh, you. yeah we were real
0: god's always watching but so is the devil
1: right Mm -hmm. you're like damn dude don't put that on me i'm 12
0: (laughs) my body's telling me to do all these fun things that you're saying they're watching that's horrifying
1: right Right. so yeah, yeah it was all this internal trauma and it took me 36 years but i finally watched it um i don't think i'd see it again though but anywho, um, it's not but, always but,
0: a fun ride that. Much. Yeah, but so yeah. I think that's something I'd like to hone in on. Right. You're kind of yep. doing this journey with horror movies and this and that. Yeah. So what is it when you see something like this? What's the extra element mm-hmm. that turns it from that kind of I have to do this as horror homework yeah. to an experience that you enjoy? What do you think the element is of the film that, that does that for you?
1: Yeah, I think this one um, in this case, and again, this is coming from somebody who's never read the book. So I do not know how accurate the um, adaptation it, it is from the book to, to the film. So to me, it's everything we've been talking about. The storytelling, the acting, the monsters, mm-hmm. the creatures. Yes, Sarah Bellows, like you were just saying, um, she is a monster throughout the movie. But there's complexity to her. There's complexity mm-hmm. to her story. And as the film progresses, we learn along with the characters what those complexities are and the audio um, recordings that we listen to. And I think a lot also it helps. I know we brief, you briefly mentioned the era it takes place in, and I think that makes it a little bit more horrific because, yes, mm-hmm. they didn't have the technological advances that we have now so yes using a walkie-talkie to try to prevent somebody from getting eaten right do not eat that toe Um, it's crazy to forget how alone
0: we could be back then like if you just like we would live in the country and if my mom's like hey you're watching your brothers tonight you're like all right like 30 minutes after they left you're like fuck man like we're out here Right? Yeah. Like, there's not anyone to help us for miles, right? Like, we yes. used to just feel alone. Now, with your cell phone,
1: right. you've always got an
0: app or something, or, you know, mm-hmm. there's green lights, so you feel like people are in your house. That's what struck me. I was like, man, we were fucking alone.
1: Yeah. And also
0: back then, I think it really helps with this. There was kind of a normative society. And if you were the weirdo, good fucking luck finding anyone to help you or give a shit about what you were dealing with. Ah. Uh-huh. I think the movie really, like, that does add, it's almost like a body snatchers, right? Like, that's why that movie Uh, gets remade and is always scary to us. Yeah, yeah. is because you're like, hey, this weird thing's happening. They're like, yeah, this guy, right? They're like, not this fucking guy. We're not listening to him. This
1: movie has that.
0: She's like, hey, man, this book's writing itself. And the cop's like, yeah, fuck off
1: yeah <laughs> you're like it, it sounds what you ridiculous do? though yeah yeah you you, you yeah. if somebody comes to you and tells you that you're gonna be like oh uh, yeah you're insane
0: i don't know maybe i've watched enough horror movies that i'm trained for yeah. these moments and then I my agree. wife's like did you really waste three weeks fighting a book and you're like well i didn't know i didn't know maybe <laughs> i wasn't gonna leave this kid stranded
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah fair um but yeah, no, I think it's it's everything. The creatures, the characters, these kids. Yeah, some of them are annoying and other ones are very, uh, like we just said, one-dimensional. But um, uh, to some extent, because they are teenagers or at least about to be teens, uh, you, you do have that feeling of like, I don't want nothing bad to happen to these kids yeah um and that that gives it an additional layer of emotional um attachment or or bond to to the Mm. character to the film obviously and yeah it has it all the camera work the the lighting the the and like i said it has a little bit of everything like the 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 cornfields and i've never liked those cornfields um stay away from those cornfields yeah the the, the haunted mansion and yeah monsters under your bed and it has it all yes it can be generic and a lot of people may view it as just okay it's just a generic trope Mm -hmm. but like i said it has it all it has those uh, everything that it can be conventional at Mm -hmm. some point but it uses it well. It utilizes it yeah. very, very, very well. Exceptionally mm-hmm. well, in my opinion. And it has the rewatchability factor. Um, makes yeah. you want to see it again. Has a pretty cool score. Um, and yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not it's, slapped
0: it's, together. This is a real high-level production. The kids are just practical. at that age where they're they're still kids. But they're not like the Goonies. You're like, oh, they're at that age where you can get fucked up now. Like, they're at yeah. that age where yeah, consequences yeah. can be coming. Right. Um, you did make me, I kind of was laughing when you were saying that about the cornfield. There's really yeah. no movie where it's like cornfields are added and it's happy. Right? Like, cornfields yeah. are always bad. Like, I guess people would say field of dreams. But I was like, imagine what that is. That's a guy who bulldozes his front yard, almost makes his family lose their farm mm-hmm. because ghosts want to play baseball there. All right. All the ghosts that are playing there were cheaters in their real lives. Right? That's why they got banned from baseball. What happens uh, when people stop coming? Those ghosts are coming for that house. The ghosts are going to take... That's not a happy movie. That movie ends horrifically. Just remember that. These are evil, <laughs> cheating men who are brought back into this world. And when you take what they want, this is going bad. Yeah. This is not heaven on their front lawn. It's hell. It's corn hell.
1: Yeah.
0: That's just it. I'm, I'll work on that longer. I just the thought... I was like, even Field of Dreams, man. Just don't go into corn. As a kid who used to detassel to make money, don't go into corn. Just stay away from corn. <laughs> Sorry you had to witness my my small mental breakdowns all night.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing to apologize um, for. And I mean, yeah, I think it has it all. It has it, it really all. Does. It does it very well. And yeah. yeah, it's one of the very few rare movies that I continue to come back to. And yeah. I definitely watch it on an annual basis at least once a year i'll be watching this movie so
0: it's a great spooky season movie uh i think it's a wonderful pick that you brought um thank you again for making the time it was absolutely delightful to talk to you as always we had our emotional moment we had some laughs uh it was a classic rosa episode as always uh Um, (laughs) so thank you so much for joining us again this year
1: Oh, no problem thank you for inviting me back this as always is always a pleasure talking to you guys and yeah i'm always um i love just sitting here and hearing you guys just nerd out about movies especially when it has to do with with horror films and i just love learning from you guys so no oh, thank you well,
0: thank you so much uh would you like to tell everyone one more time where they can find what you're working on online
1: Yes. So you can find a lot of my written work over at the Daily Cella. I believe it's the Daily Cella.com and in their only.com too. And you can follow me on social media. I still call it Twitter. I refuse to call it the other name. That's right. <laughs> um, Instagram. <laughs> what are you talking
0: about? It's still Twitter, right? Yeah. Right.
1: Yes. <laughs> X Twitter. Um, Instagram and Facebook at Rosas Reviews. And yeah. Awesome.
0: And we'll have that in the show notes, guys. Uh, Do yourself the favor and add Rosa into your life like we did. You can thank us later. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we did. Uh, We will be back tomorrow. You guys know the deal. 31 days, 31 pods. So another amazing horror movie conversation for you tomorrow. Uh,
1: We will see you then.